finished. Secret war of yours, we're all gonna suffer for it. Jing, you're gonna wish you had killed me. There's always tomorrow. You're gonna tear apart Chinatown. You need to stop this. I don't work for you. You and me, we have some unfinished business to sign. Any ideas? Just the usual. I want my enemies to be your enemies. I trusted you, and you used me. This sort of violence cannot be tolerated. You don't know this tongue like I do. They're happy to die, as long as they take a few of us with them. So the new guy's crazy. We can work with crazy. I need chaos, and quickly. We spend every day living in their world. Today, they're gonna die in ours. Be grateful for your pain. It means you're still alive. Kill him now! Welcome to the Drop the Mic Podcast Show. I'm Darren Jenkins. On today's show, actor-director Dustin Gwynn, who is currently starring Zing on HBO's hit TV show, Warrior. You can see it streaming live right now. It's going to be a great conversation. We had a lot of fun, and it was a lot of interesting information being disseminated today. Just one thing, I want to let you know about a little bit of a technical glitch that we had midstream, but... Don't worry, the conversation is still hype, and here it is. Welcome to the Drop the Mic podcast. This is the first episode of the new year, and I am your host, Aaron Jenkins. Thank you for joining us for what I have to say is a pretty special episode for me. Um, joining me on the show today is Dustin Gwynn, a man who, as I was growing up, I was jealous of your hair and, uh, you know, just <laughs> jealous of your charismatic energy that you brought to the screen. Um Thank you so much for for being on the podcast today. Um, just uh, I couldn't thank you enough for being here. Uh, well, first of all, uh, it's um, I didn't know it was the first episode of the year. That's terrific. So happy New Year to to you, Darren, and to everybody who's who's listening on this. And uh, and it's a it's a pleasure for me to kick off uh, the twenty one. You know, twenty 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 one. Good God. How so? How did you uh, how did you spend your New Year's? Probably, 
um, similar to most who 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 are in uh, these interesting times, very quiet. Mm. You know, basically, I got I got a, uh, a three three daughters. One just turned eight today. One oh, is wow. uh, one is six, and I got a newborn, five months old. So no I don't go. Way. I don't, yeah, 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 Darren. So I don't Congratulations. go. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. He's, <laughs> He's terrific. Um, and uh, so I'm very careful. I, I don't go anywhere. And, you know, my mom is also uh, up there in age. Right. And um, and uh, we came here, uh, long story short, we came here in February to visit my mom. I took the whole family. We we had wrapped up season two of Warrior. And uh, mm. and I said, well, you know, let, let's go see grandma, which we do once a year. And then we kind of got stuck here, you know, when the COVID thing kind of blew up. Mm. And uh, and. But yeah, so new, my new year was very, very quiet, you know, just spending time with my, my children, my wife, and uh, mm. and that's about it, man. Well, well, you know, to no small, uh, like, so uh, I've been watching Warrior. Um, I watched the first season, and I binge-watched the second season, and um, I mean, I, I have to say, this show there are so many layers to this i i could talk there's like the minute i got i think i got into like maybe the fifth or sixth episode of the first season i was just like this is game of thrones this is like a game of thrones-esque type show that like literally you have it's almost like you have to watch the next episode and the characters are so um like the story's so intertwined and you don't know where it's going to take you each show. And then they, they bring you on the show. And that's when it got real fun because it was like, Probably. there was this, 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 this evil genius dude who's lurking in the background somewhere. And you don't know like whose side he's on, where he lies um and you're not sure what his ultimate motives are um and it was just like this must have been one of the most fun characters to have to play yes i'm i'm so flattered to hear the i've yet to see an episode of that but i'm aware of the 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 scope of that show and the popularity of that show um you know, I uh, to 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 follow up to to comment on what you said, Darren. I, I gotta tell you, the writers are so terrific to juggle all. I mean, there's so many characters on Warrior, and I would imagine there's a lot of characters mm. on but but uh, but to juggle characters, arcs, and all the like, interwining stories. I mean, that's a feat in and of itself. And then to do to do it well, or to do it in an entertaining kind of way. Is a, is a big challenge and a, and a big accomplishment. Um, with me, I I love uh, playing villains, uh, for lack of mm -hmm. better word. I don't think of them as villains, you know. But I, I love playing. Let's say antagonist. No drama is come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drama, like an antagonist. And I've always been uh, very much attracted to. Um, I like playing heroes. That to the tango, but I've always been attracted to 
and tag. And in my career, I don't get to do that a lot, especially early on, I guess, with this sort of like a right. baby face or whatever, you know, I, I right. and uh, so it, for me, it's a joy to, to play Zing, because um, he, he's actually very simple, right, compared to all the other characters in the show mm. in terms of layers and complexity, but but he's so much fun to do, and and uh, and I and I do the best I can with it, and try to make him interesting and fun, and and um, uh, uh, but to answer your question, it um, I jumped at the opportunity. To, I, I knew very little about Zing uh, when when and Jonathan mm. Roper approached me about it. Um, they had mentioned that it's it, you know I, I would actually don't have a lot to do in the first season when they they bring me in kind of halfway through and. And I said, I'm fine with that. You know, I think it's, it's, it sounds like a terrific show and I just love to be a part of it. And, and I knew I was in good hands with, with, uh, with, with those two. And, um, mm. and then of course the, the second season, you know, the end of the first season, Jonathan and Justin said, uh, you know, we, we're going to set you up to be sort of like the troublemaker in the next season. And <laughs> so I was just kind of looking forward to that and um and just had, mm. had and so it's it's nice to hear did you get to improvise any of the any, any of the like uh lines yeah um, um, you know, I'm not, at all yeah well, not a lot i think as as a whole the writing is uh is so solid that um and i think i can speak to to uh the rest of the cast i mean actors different some actors love to improvise I'm not one of those. Uh, uh, I do it sometimes if the instincts are there. And so with Zing, um, I hardly improvise. Uh, I did improvise a couple of things, and I was surprised it kept it in. You know, in episode five of season two, have you, you seen it, right? So when I during yeah. the fight with with Joe Taslam, uh, mm. after he knocked me against the shelf, and halfway through the fight. As I was getting up, I think I said something like, uh, "I'm kind of mad at you," you know, and and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just something that I did. I didn't really plan on it at the time. It just felt appropriate because I'm in, you know, I sort of underestimated not underestimated Leong, but but the fight is not really turning out the way I like to, and uh, and it's a bit more pain than I like to, and um, and so I felt <laughs> very I felt very angry, and I thought, you know, you can either scream out anger or you can just try to do something interesting with it and and I, and I said it and and uh and I didn't think they they keep it and, mm. uh, but it, as a whole um I I a lot I think there are times for it it depends on who you who you're acting opposite too but again I I think True. as an actor I tend to um I tend to be as respectful to the writing as much as possible mm -hmm. uh, and Do you I hope that you hope that you have good writing so for like the um and I'm always curious about this because I don't you know I'm an actor but I don't I've never done any kind of um action scenes uh, you know so I, I especially when it comes to martial arts stuff um how much how much like how how much um goes into like as far as rehearsal and practice and kind of working together to kind of get these scenes um the choreographing correct um cuz you know, one of the things I noticed about this show was it's not like a lot of different, there's a lot of other um, action films when it or shows when it comes to martial arts where a lot of these um, 
lot of the fighting was wasn't overdone like it was just kind of like pretty uh it seemed pretty authentic and um not like you, you didn't like go through any kind of extra you know flying scenes or any of those type things which kind of which is not bad it just you know kind of takes it to a different level of sci sci-fi comic book level type fight scenes these seem to be a little bit more um you know realistic and kind of you know something that if you don't get right you could seriously hurt yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> well you know a few of the actors have have, have sustained injury you know during the two seasons and including myself but mm -hmm. first of all i think what you what you're talking about is a very conscious choice you know the realistic sort of the more less showy if you will uh style of fighting it's it's a conscious decision from the from from the, the, the showrunner and the, and the creator of the show and 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 i wholeheartedly we all support it because of course today yes you know we some some creative licensing in terms of telling warriors it's very it's very pulpy but it's based on historical events and so you can't have people flying around like uh you know the hong kong films and it's 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 inappropriate. I think uh, you want to have a certain theatrical flares when you're doing this sort of martial arts action, but but you want to keep it uh, as raw and as realistic as possible. But within that that framework, obviously, you can tell like um, like Joe Taslim character would have a different style of fighting, different based on his character, mm -hmm. and his training, his character's training, and then and then Andrew uh, Assam's character obviously have his own sort of style and and so every character you know we tend we we we're very conscious of having them approach it different differently the way they move and the way they fight uh and at the same time uh hopefully visually entertaining but it's a kind of complex mm -hmm. martial arts action you rarely see on tv now I'm not saying that doing it, but what I'm saying is it takes a lot of time to to do that kind of fight actions and do it well. Uh, it involves a bar brawl, or you know, just a bunch of guys right. swinging at each other, or whatever. So it takes time, and and you know, in in movie making, time is is a luxury, and you always race. Yeah. So what you see on the screen action or action scenes or even acting scenes when you see good work on the on the screen nine 5.9 percent of the time that performer has put in a lot of work mm -hmm. off screen uh anybody that's oh, just walk on and do it by instinct no i'm sorry it doesn't work that way people say that to sort of make themselves whatever but my point is, it takes a lot of work off screen to do it well, and 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 you, you when you look at the screen, you can kind of like work backwards. And in our case, every one of us, even though the even the the trained fighters, the trained martial artists, you know, like Joe Taslam, and we all train our butt off, you know, and we all approach each fight choreography uh, like we would um, a, a dance here. And why am I doing this? So it would be interesting right. if, I, if I, I do this, 
So it's it's a very much, you know, as an actor, you know, it's no different from dog, man. It's beat by beat, you know, the beat has to be very, which leads into this beat. And it's all sort of connecting. And that's what a good fight scene should do. And you strive um, for that, mm. Darren. Uh, but yeah, we all, you know, on our mm. off days, when we're not actually on camera, we're training and rehearsing the choreography for the next episode that's coming up. So it's a constant, um, it, mm. a lot of work. Now, I happen to love it and on the show loves it. And, um, but uh, when you see martial arts done on, on TV or films that, doesn't quite get there more likely they didn't put in the time and the effort uh you know some actors don't like to rehearse fights i've worked yeah. with, i've worked with some actors who like oh, i don't need to rehearse you know i, I just come in for an hour and or wow. oh you know I'm a, I'm a trained martial artist i don't need to rehearse well you know fighting mm -hmm. in real life or martial arts in real life is different from martial arts on for theatrical purposes and there's a whole art to that and a lot of martial artists um, or fighters don't understand fighter that would translate onto the screen and you know most of the time you know it's not that man it's like uh, actually when you're hitting for real on the screen right. it actually doesn't look right <laughs> yeah but anyway that's just sort of my long wind long winded um answer to what you were asking well it's true i mean so I mean, I, my exposure to martial arts is very limited. Um, I remember when I was in, um, I must have been eighth grade living in D.C. My mom was afraid that um, it was too dangerous in D.C. for me to be walking around without anything. Um, so she had a friend of her son who was, um, he was in the military and he came home from the military and, um, got me involved in um, Tang Sudo and mm. um, yeah. And that was, that was, that was a hard one. That was a hard summer. Um, and uh, uh, you know, then when I got to college, um, a friend of mine was involved in, um, uh, in martial arts and, and, and this goes to show, this is where I'm like, I feel like, if you're in a movie, you definitely need to practice because I never like sparred or anything really. And so he was like, Hey, let's spar, you know, let's practice together. I'm like, okay, cool. And I accidentally broke his nose and he, he got mad at me and he punched me in the eye. So I had a big in my eye. Um, and that was the last time that happened. I was just like, okay, you know what? This is not something that you can take lightly. You can't just go and, and take that situation lightly and uh i was like okay uh that's enough for me <laughs> i'm good um uh so this so you directed the sixth episode how and i you know you directed before and what's what was what was that experience like um because you know i i that I always wonder how people can direct while they're actually in the actual movie or film they're directing, how difficult that kind of a experience happens to be. It's extremely, extremely difficult. And, uh, it's not some, it's, it's something that I, I try to avoid. You know, I, I had a couple of th things that I had, 
couple of feature films I did in, in Vietnam where I it had to to act in it in order to to find, you know the financing is a trade-off uh, right. especially first feature film that I directed um, in order to to leverage that I had to act in it and it's it's extremely difficult because directing alone is oh I mean you know it's you got a million decisions right. on a daily basis and so when you're acting, uh, I remember talking to a very, um, very famous actor director that I had the pleasure to, and, um, and he, he give, you know, I asked for his, his advice and he, and he told me, he said, well, uh, first of all, don't do it cause it'll kill you. And, <laughs> but if you're going to do it, make sure you shoot a lot of footage of yourself. When you do, when you do your close-ups, you shoot a lot of takes. Hmm. And, and he said, I know it sounds weird because, because people are going to go, oh, you know, he's a director and he's a actor. So he's going to, he's going to make sure he looks good. He's shooting a text of himself, but he says, what he, what he found was that, and it's true, you, when you and directing, so when it's, you're not, you're not doing a hundred percent of your capability. Right. To, while you while right. you acting, you thinking about what what kind of oh, I think we lost Justin. Give us a second. It's going on in your mind, so you're not uh, present when you when you when you're acting. And and your work suffers mm. inevitably, so as a result, you know it makes sense. You, so you do a lot of takes on yourself. So you hopefully, when you get it into the editing room, you know you can get a piece of this, uh, of, of this take, and this piece of this take, and you you patch it together, and you hopefully it's extremely difficult. Uh, uh, like I said, every time I do it, I, I say, oh god, you know, I'm never gonna do it again. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so that that's my answer. I, but to direct the episode six of Warrior, of course, uh, it it was planned out in advance because it was the episode right. that they they wrote my character out of. <laughs> um, so we had a question on um, YouTube. Someone, uh, Chris Saunders, who actually you'll meet um, when you do the the um, my other podcast, the Download Podcast. He's my co-host. Oh. Um, he says, um, he grew up watching 21 jump street and I, and I am excited to start warrior. What are, what are some of your favorite projects outside of those two, um, projects? What are some of my favorite projects huh, outside of, uh, of warrior and jump street? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I actually had another, I had another Bruce Lee related um, uh, project in my life that I'm actually very proud of. It's a very, it's a very little thing. It's a little, it's a Levi's commercial that really? was done uh, for, for, for European, if you, if you look it up on YouTube, it's Levi's Kung Fu and it's, it's uh, directed by, by uh, Jonathan Glazer, who at the time went, who went, who went on to be, who to direct uh, Sexy Beast. And uh, 
he went on to direct birth and some some very interesting uh he's one of my favorite filmmakers but at the time he directed this levi's kung fu campaign which was uh, was was an homage to lee and this the the sort of the hong kong the 70s hong kong <laughs> films and it's it's like a little, little sort of uh, they did it like a two minute thing for the cinemas in in all over the world except for america and uh it's cool and and i got to um i get to do that and it's the first time the the uh, levi's had used an asian um male lead for for their sort of hero they call it the hero campaign mm. and i'm very proud of that because it was a very 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 well done commercial i went on i think it won the sort of the oscars of commercials that year oh wow. and uh, it, it really captured uh, the spirit of the 70s Hong Kong films and it really captured I think, the essence of, of Bruce Lee without um, without you know sort of uh, making it tacky and cheesy and so that's something I'm very, and I'm I actually uh, that's the project that uh, that I met Jason Tobin have you have, oh, you, have really? you had a chance to, to uh, um, okay, Jason yeah Jason Jason when I met him in that commercial, he was one of the guys that uh, that that I was fighting in the commercial, and um, oh. and then besides that, I did a I did a film, an Australian film called Little Fish, uh, oh, not really? Big Fish, but Little Fish, a bit about that, that with was... some amazing uh, Australian actors. Yeah, you know, Kate Blanchett, Hugo Weaving, uh, Sam Neill. It was uh, an incredible project. It's about um, uh, people who are in their 30s and who, who sort of came from from a very bad background, like Kate Blanchett and myself, heroin addicts and ex-lovers and who are trying to put their lives back together. And it takes place in sort of this very um, sort of low-class Sydney's um, setting. Uh, and it really was fantastic um, opportunity and I haven't seen something like that in a while where, you know, they had a, it was obviously, you know, myself and Kate being lovers, but they didn't treat it as a, as sort of a, uh, a, a racial love story or they didn't exoticize it. The fact that, that she's white and I'm Asian, particularly Vietnamese. Uh, and it could have been played by anybody actually in my part. So I, I really thought that was very, ahead of its time and um and of course you know having the opportunity to work with people like like he blanchett and hugo weaving who i think they both went on to win uh, best actors award in australia for for, for their roles but um that was a, a, a definitely a, another milestone in my mm. acting career i would have to say is there like um yeah is there a role in like a movie or is this, is there something that you, you haven't done yet that you'd still like, that you're like, if this came to me, I'm jumping at, like, I always, you know, I always said, why hasn't anyone from Marvel reached out to you, man? Cause you need to be in a Marvel, like a Marvel piece. I could totally see you in one of their, Marvel, where are you? Maybe they, they, we're going to start a campaign. Maybe they can't find me. You know. <laughs> yeah, please, please. 
I live in, you know, I live in Vietnam. So that's probably why they came. From uh, no. Look, I mean, you know, I would, uh, I would love to, to do something in Marvel. Of course, who, who wouldn't? But you know, it's uh, when you maybe it's, uh, out of sight, out of mind. I, you know, for the last twelve years, I've been living and working in Vietnam. Right. And uh, if it wasn't for Warrior, uh, I, I'll probably just sort of be off the radar still. Mm. Um, but uh, it's it's you know the actor of course have might have some role that they're dying to, to do and i can't think of something you know at the top of my head but i do i do feel that um as an actor my my potential hasn't really been tapped mm -hmm. uh, yet in 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 hollywood or if you will um the little fish was was definitely um raised the bar for me and I learned a lot from these veterans um, but I think personally I feel as an actor I, I still have a lot to give that mm -hmm. hasn't been explored I got to do I got to do some really really a nice uh, material in Vietnam you know because in Vietnam of course uh, there are no everybody's the same in other words there's not an issue where oh I gotta I don't know how to write for this Asian character right uh, um, over there, I, I get to, to, I've done some films I'm quite proud of as an actor and director, but, um, in Hollywood, I feel like, again, I've disappeared for a while mm -hmm. you know, until now. And, uh, but I feel like as an actor, I haven't, haven't really been maximized yet. And, and I'm looking forward to something that comes along. Uh, you know, my, I remember the first time I wanted to be an actor. Well, the first time I thought it would be great to be an actor, not that I wanted to be an actor, but was when I was watching Al Pacino in Dog Day Afternoon. Ooh, good movie. And yeah, and, I, and that was it. I was like, whew. I mean, his performance and the humanity of it and the nuances that, that his character and, and What's the, the other wonderful character who passed away, played a sidekick, Sal, in the film? Mm. They all were just uh, amazing. I said, "Wow, you know, what does that feel like when you, when you, when you're doing some kind of work and you're able to move people emotionally like that?" Mm. Um, and 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 of course, you know, I, I would aspire to do something like that. Have you done comedy? Has have, I mean, is has comedy come across your 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 plate at all? Is that something that you would do? Not in not in the U.S., but I did a I did a, a romantic comedy in Vietnam that I enjoyed very much. And it's actually is is believe it or not, it's a genre that I, that I love is romantic comedy. I'm a bit of a sap. Um, really, I don't know. I mean, there's yeah, there's different kinds of comedy. Uh, I I love them in general. I haven't I had like a, I haven't been approached in the U.S. yet because I think a lot of times you know people just kind of just remember you for for what you just done or what you have done right. four or five projects in a row. And I haven't done any comedies in the US. So I don't think people see me in that, in that light, but I would love to, um, I would love to do it. And I've done it in, in, uh, in Vietnam. Do you know, um, have you, have you met Brian Yang at all from 401 films? Um, you guys should talk because he, uh, Romantic comedies is something that he wants to do at some point. And 
I'm like, you want to, you guys should just talk. Cause I think maybe there's something there. Um, Cause hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer that, you know, uh, as an actor, you, you've got to do, I mean, it's just do whatever you do, whatever you just do it, you know, because I mean, that's what we do, right? We're, we're supposed to take this thing that is um, this flat 2D character and turn it into this 3D experience where people can believe and take in, they're brought into this, this fantasy world, whether it's a horror or an action or a drama or a comedy, you, you transform this character and, and bring it to life. And I think the best thing an actor can ever do is to kind of, you know, find something they really love to do and, 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 and put that passion behind trying to, you know, bring this character to life. And, you know, I think you should be able to do like, I think you could do, I think you can do, uh, you would be fantastic in a romantic <laughs> comedy. And when I, if I ever write one, I'm, you're going to be first dude I'm reaching out to. You know, yeah, write one for me, please. You know, I, you know, the kind of comedy I really love and, and, and uh, I'm a huge fan of Stephen Chow. Oh. Uh, you know who he is? Yeah, sure. And of course, Kung Fu Hustle is one of my yep. all-time favorite movies. I, I think it's one of the rare what I would what I would categorize perfect movie. I, I love that. You know, I love that kind of stupid physical comedy, but yet sprinkled with with scenes that just really like heart and mm. and uh, the more outrageous uh, the comedy is. When you have those moments that touches your heart, or some emotional moment, it, it, it's even it's even better. It's even sweeter. But but that that's a kind of uh, comedy that I really I love. Three Stooges. I love uh, Buster Keaton. That, oh. that sort of thing. Well, you so um, you did finishing the game, and um, that's right. Another Bruce Lee related yeah. uh, uh, project. And. Um, I remember seeing that film. I think I saw it at Sundance, probably. And I think that it was where I met Roger Fan. I read. I think that's where I met Roger. Um, me and you probably know a lot of the same. Like a very like a few. There's a few people me and you probably have in common. Um, Roger Sung Kang, um, Christine Haji, who's um, a good friend of mine. Um, but uh, Finishing the game, I thought was a good. I really enjoyed that film. I thought that was a really um, clever um, um, kind of statement on Bruce Lee, and you know this 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 search to replace you know the find the next one, and the struggle that, and I feel like the struggle that most Asian American men had to deal with. Um, you know, in the 80s, 70s and 80s, um, always kind of being pinned as the next this guy, the next that guy, instead of just seeing them as, hey, this guy is actually pretty, he's pretty, he's, he's just a really good actor, you know, and we're not looking at him to be the next Bruce Lee. Um, I always thought that as much, I love Bruce Lee. I mean, he's like my, you know, all time, like I, 
if if there was any one person I wanted to have dinner with or sit down with or bring back to life, it would be him, 100% without question. But I feel like his his ghost or his his presence haunted a certain demographic of of actors for a long time and you know kind of made it a little bit more tougher for people to kind of be seen as themselves on screen versus you know this this and I, I think that's true with some black actors as well with not Bruce Lee but um, other actors like Sidney Poitier probably had that same kind of specter or, you know. Hmm. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I know, you know, Bruce Lee, I'm like you and a lot of people and certainly, you know, Warrior is all about that, about <laughs> who he is and what he has to say. But I'm just, I have that same feeling that you're talking about, you know, I'm so, it bums me out every time I see some project that has to do with Bruce Lee or some portrayal mm. of Bruce Lee. And I'm just like, oh God, you know, yeah. why why can't they get it right? Yeah. You know, why does he always have to be, ooh, you know, why does it, why he doesn't go around, you know, in real life doing this kind of thing. And, and, uh, and, and it just bummed me out, man. You know, and, uh, I mean, I give, I give people for, you know, for trying, I suppose, you know, you don't want to, I don't think anybody purposely set out to insult him, what he, what he stands for, but I hope not, but no, I don't. it just bums me out to, to see these things. It, uh, and I, hope, I wish it would stop somehow. Well, it, in, a, in a way, it's kind of a compliment in a sense, like there are certain athletes, there are certain uh, athletes who you're just never going to replace, right? You're not going to replace Bruce Lee. You're not going to replace Muhammad Ali. You're not going to replace Michael Jordan. Um, and yet, the, each of those guys, um, the ones who came after him, they were always the next. They were always, it was all, oh, he's the next Kobe Bryant. Or he's the next Michael Jordan. Or he's in, and LeBron's, that's going to happen to LeBron probably at some point too, where the, the dudes, and it's already, kind of happening and so Bruce so I guess in a way it's kind of a compliment but how I mean it's been a long time and I mean it's been it's it's time to move on it's time it's time it's either time to move on or what they need to do is get a like one big super tribute film to to Bruce just get it out of people's system and then move on. I don't know which one is which which is which it is, but every time I feel like every time I turn on the TV, someone's talking about doing either a remake or a something that kind of and they need the next brute. I'm like, uh, there's no next. There's there's no next. There's no next. There's just there's Bruce and then mm -hmm. there's all these other guys who are good as well. But there's no there's no next Bruce, yeah. so I wish there were. That'd be great. No, not, you know. So when you were in well, I think I think Bruce Lee himself. You know, this is going out on a limb to say it, but I don't know how mm. Shannon would feel about it. Mm. He, she probably have a little more insight. Mm. I would like to think that somebody has evolved 
as Bruce Lee was, uh, he would he would want the next person right. to be better and different from him. Right. Absolutely. You know, as a as a as an evolution of what he stands for and and what he potentially inspiring people to be better or, or different than yeah. what he what he is. Because face it, you know, it's fantastic. It, Bruce Lee and what he, what we know and have on records of him is, you know, 30, 40 years old. It, had he lived, I'm sure all of that would have been evolved to a different place. Yes. And with, with, the, with that it kind of inspiration is sort of locked in this time warp that was 30 something years ago. Uh, we don't want that. We want, okay, you know, from that, let, let's evolve into something better or something more more interesting. And I think Bruce Lee himself would, would want that. Absolutely. I, you know, I think about it when every time I see um, like UFC and I always go, um, you know, there's like, this is a, this is different than we've, you know, than most traditional martial arts. It's the mix of stuff and whatever. And, but I also think, I always go like, what would Bruce think about this? And I, and, and I think there's, you know, and again, you're right. I think Shannon would probably have much more clarity on this situation. And, but my, I, I, I always, one of the things I most appreciated about Bruce was that he was always about learning from learning and evolving and changing and adapting and all these, oh. you know, and that's what I take that part of his philosophy I take into my regular day all the time. And I think that when you're talking about like these other types of sports that are happening, like the UFC and K1 and those things, that's just an evolution of what was, you know, kickboxing and, you know, whatever. And I'm honestly, I'm not a big fan of UFC. Um, I feel like it's just a little too brutal for me, um, but I can appreciate the evolution of the of the sport um, from that standpoint. But I, I mean, I don't watch UFC. I, I very rarely watch UFC. So, what? Um, so when you're in, I have to ask you, Twenty One Jump Street. Um, is where I obviously came, you know, across you and, and um, I, I always thought, and I'm, you know, I'm young at the time, I was probably 18 or so, I guess 17, 16, I don't know, mm-hmm. whatever it was. I always, I always appreciated that they put, they kind of, I mean, this was what the eighties, you know, late eighties or so. They eighty six, eighty six. Yeah, yeah. So I would have been seventeen, getting ready to. Uh, I just no eighteen. I was in college probably. Um, I just it was a little bit ahead of its time in a way for them to kind of the way they diversified the the the, the um, cast and um, some of the storylines. I personally have said I want them to do a new version of 21 Jump Street, but as a drama and a little bit more gritty on HBO, because I think 
if you're going to do it again, I think it can't be, it has to be, you have to up the ante. I think you have to up the ante on that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I loved your, I loved you on there because they, they let you be, they let you be an actor instead of being an Asian American actor or an Asian actor. You know, it was just about this, you know, telling these stories of these, these, these teenagers who were cops, which was insane. Um, but it was just so, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 you know, it's true, right? You know, you, you know that, that, that it was based on a, a real program. Well, I didn't cover cops in high school. It's really? called the, it was called the Dare program, I believe. It's been, yeah, it was inspired by real uh, Los Angeles. It was based out of Los Angeles. There was a program at the time called Dare. I'm not sure what that stands for. Oh, Dare! Dr- oh, yeah, the the, the sending, drug program. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, something. But they were sending very young-looking officers straight off the academy because because no one knows that they're police officers. <laughs> So it was based. It was inspired based on on that because I, I actually drove around and, and interview, you know, with them before we started filming, mm. um, and and I think you know your comment about it being ahead of its time, uh, is very true now that I look back on it, and and I think the treatment of my character, I think what I had going for me was that that character was not set in the beginning was not written. Mm. specifically to be an Asian character in general. Now they were going for a multi-ethnic type of cast. They knew, you know, they knew they were gonna have like, you know, uh, a one or two white or whatever. And then, a, you know, his, possibly Hispanic. Actually the character, when I was going into casting, uh, there were Hispanic actors that were reading for, for the, that role. There were black mm. actors and Asian American actors. And it just ended up to be Harry Aoki mm. when I got cast and they went in the Asian direction, but I don't think it was ever written. They didn't set out to write uh, an Asian character. So because that possibly there weren't any sort of trappings, you know, exoticized sort of stereotypical trappings that could have could have been in, the, in that role. That, that's my, my guess. Uh, and then writers were quite, quite, um, liberal. I mean, when I was on the show, at any given point, the, the way the writing was, it was very interchangeable, you know, like from, 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 from week to week, any of us could have played any of the parts, we were to rotate it around, and it would st- still require very little rewriting. Uh, and, and, and so I was very lucky in, in that respect. And, and, and it was ahead of his time, definitely. And, and, and I would be very interested to see some kind of a very sort of R-rated version of, because, you know, it, it potentially is a dark world too, when you yeah. these undercovers, any sort of undercover work. Yep. But if you're updating the times now, you know, and the kind of things that are going on in society and being undercover, uh, it can be a very dark uh, place to be. It would be, it would be interesting to explore that. Yeah, I, I I always said that there's two shows from the '80s that they could they could completely bring back and just make it a little bit darker and edgier, and that would be 21 Jump Street and Miami Vice. Of course, they both deal with drugs, but you know, yeah. um, 
but it was a different time and there was a war on drugs going on in the 80s so it made sense to have that that content on television but um you could totally do it i mean you know i'm, I'm hoping I'll pitch, I'm hoping it. I'll, I'll pitch it to hbo <laughs> I'm, telling, I'm telling you if they do it it would be a it would be a huge hit huge hit especially now because mm. now we have all these different new subjects we can approach you know terrorism um depression um bullying i mean there's a whole bunch of stuff i think you know there's a lot of topics that you guys covered on the show that are still relevant today so it just it's growing pains man it's it's teenagers young people trying to find themselves trying to find identities coping with with peer pressure society pressure which is even tenfold now yeah exactly social media has changed the game for all the yeah 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 oof do you think your um do you think your kids will get into entertainment at some point or you think eh? I, I <laughs> it's a tough road uh it's a tough road you know i look i would completely be supportive mm. of any of my children uh, when that time comes i would sit them down and i and i'll give them a you know come to jesus talk <laughs> about what what's ahead of them and and uh, and uh and if their heart is truly in it i would support them because i didn't have that kind of support when i was when i was doing it and uh, it was a very lonely uh road mm-hmm. but um my my oldest daughter since two she's showing very clear signs of being a performer which kind of worries me a bit but um you know we'll see and even now it's uh, every year she she gets older uh, the performer in her just becomes more more clear to me and and i'm just going, oh god please don't go into showbiz <laughs> yeah I, I think we both come from an um a um era where parents didn't really look at acting or filmmaking as a career and mm-hmm. I know my father, like I wanted to be an actor and my father was like, yeah, no, why don't you act like you can go to business school? <laughs> you know, <laughs> All right, you can't get from doing that. So I, I did end up going to school for advertising and design. I didn't get into film until, oh God, probably once I got to college, I snuck in theater stuff, so, mm. but. Yeah, it's tough, you know, I mean, being a parent is tough. There's no books that tells you uh, yeah. how, how to do it. And, uh, but one thing I've learned uh, at least is that, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta go with what your heart tells you. And if mm-hmm. your children, you raise them and you try to give them a foundation, but at some point uh, uh, they, they have to follow their heart and, and, and you gotta support it. And, and you hope that you've given them given them an, uh, an enough of a foundation where they you know they're not going to stray too far from from where you need them to be or where you would like them to be but mm. it's uh it's yeah it's tough but but yeah i uh i mean you you know being an actor it just there's so many uh, uh there's so many things that are out of your control so to speak mm. and it's very easy to 
to get caught up in a lot of the things that has nothing to do with the, the art. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just just the sheer competition alone, you know, if you're in Los Angeles, I remember those years as young actors, uh, the, the competition was just so fierce and and it creates this this atmosphere of uh, uh, victimization, mm -hmm. uh, I say so. And, and again, you know, some people would disagree with me and, and I respect that, but my own personal experiences, because constantly at the at at the at the mercy of your agent or the producer or whatever, and you're waiting for the phone to ring, and so it's very easy to get get caught up in that collective energy of being a, a victim. Right. And, and and then you know with Asian Americans, it's that thing where I don't know about now, but back where I was, you know, when I was starting out you know, it's, it's, everybody wants that role, you know, and, and it's like, it's like the, the one bone that everybody just kind of jump on yeah. and, it, and it potentially can create an atmosphere where, you know, every man for himself. And, and I think it's really unhealthy um, because it, it divides us. Absolutely. As a community and, and it's hard, it's hard. I'm not saying I'm a saint to anything, but it's the idea that, Hey man, you know, that this, this, there's enough to go around, and if there isn't, if this, if this, if you were met for this role or whatever, then it's yours. You know, there's no point, sort of like um, uh, having any sort of bad feeling or animosity or, or sort of aggressive competition with with your peers. But my point is, it's it's so you have to be careful not to get caught up in that kind of energy because essentially, it's really it's really the joy of acting. You know, it's yeah. the craft. It's the, it's a journey of uh, discovering, at least for me, discovering who you are, what makes you tick, and it's the joy of performing. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of constantly have to remind yourself that I feel, um, because that's what that's what keeps you going. You know, it's. Yep. I mean, look, I've been I've been lucky enough to to work, and I'm not going to be the one that sits here and complain about this and that. And right, there's right. always room for improvement, but. Um, it's when you when you actually have the, the 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 I've gone through a journey where I've made good money and I've been very lucky. I've never had any job where I felt I was in an abusive atmosphere. Um, but you know those things comes and those things come and go. And look, you can have a great TV show, you can have a great movie that win Oscars, but three years, four years down the road, nobody remembers what it is. Yep. And and that doesn't really bring you happiness, really. Um, but you're happy when you when you when you're expressing yourself as an actor or a dancer or a singer or whatever it is that you do, you know. And I and I think what I've learned is 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 focus on on that. Yep. And because that's what that's what you take to your grave, really. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to turn it into a, a philosophical kind of thing, but yeah, I'm 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 going through that now. I I think I felt like a, you know 2020 was a hard year. And um, so I just decided at some point, probably, I think it was like October or some, somewhere around that time. I'm just, you know what, I just want to do, I'm just going to do the things I love. I, I just want to, and I just want to have, I just want to love what I do and just do things from a, a point of joy. And um, 
I'm not going to sit here and say that everything is perfect. And, but I, I can honestly tell you something. Once I, I made that, that conscious choice, um, a lot of good things have happened to me since October. And I'm going to knock on wood. I'm going to, I'm going to thank, you know, whoever I need to thank. But I think there's, there is something to just this power of power, positive energy of, and just, just enjoying what you're doing. Because like you said, you know, there are a lot of people that don't get to do that. And so you should just appreciate every moment you have and the things that you're doing and the people that you come across. And that's why I was like, wow, he answered my Instagram message. This is an awesome year. So, you know. Darren, you, you know, you put it out there and, and I got it, you know, I received it. You said it, man, you know, it's, it, a lot of people probably gonna think it's cheesy, you know, that we're having this conversation, but I live and die by this, you know, which is you manifested, man, you know, we are, and this has been proven scientifically with quantum physics. All we are is a bunch of frequencies and energy. Okay. If you put out something, that's what exactly what you're going to get back. You know, if you're thinking something that's a certain frequency goes out there and it touches all these probabilities out there, that frequency matches what you put out or whatever your thoughts are it's going to come back you know and yes nothing is perfect you know but what what is perfection right right it's it's all very subjective right what you put out there you're going to get it back uh this is no accident that that we're having this nope. this conversation right now you know it's like listen don't take this the wrong way but i have no idea what your podcast is Darren. right no of course, you know, I, 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 yeah, like I was like, said, most podcasts out there. I'm not I'm pretty like, sure I didn't think it was like it makes no, di- yeah, it makes no difference to me. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, hey, you know, that kind of came out and it feels right, you know, the energy feels right, and and you know, here we are, you know, we're connecting and we're talking, but I truly believe it. I, you said it, you know, since you sort of consciously made that decision, things have sort of been going in a way where, where it makes you happy, and and that's how it works, man. You know, uh, it, it's it's all here. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it's, uh, we can talk about it another time because it takes a lot of time to talk about these kind of things, but this, it's truly that simple. And I think because it's that simple, most people don't, most of us don't get it. Yep. It's really what you think, what, what frequency you put out. And a lot of times we're not aware of that. And that's exactly what you're going to manifest. Yep. But- but you got to be joyful first, you know, like Bob said, man, Bob, Bob Harley, you know, be, don't worry, be happy. And it's very true. There's so much wisdom in that. Don't worry, be happy. Because when you worry, it's a, that's a different kind of frequency and you're going to get exactly that back. You know, you yeah. get exactly what you worry about. Uh, when you're happy, it's a different kind of frequency. And, and uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll end there. <laughs> so what's, um, What's coming up next for you? What's, is there anything new, any new projects coming down the road? Yeah, there's been, a, uh, it's been kind of exciting and, uh, and um, I got some, some, I got quite positive uh, response with, with my directing uh, with, Ep- with the Warriors of Six. And nice. 
I actually have um, a couple of offers to uh, direct feature films coming up. You know, it's a bit delayed right now because of the, the COVID yeah. situation. Mm. But I'm, I'm eyeing, uh, eyeing an, uh, an action comedy a genre, which I really like. I mentioned that earlier that, um, to direct. And um, it's a script that I, that, I, that I really like. I think it's very entertaining. So, so that could be something that's going to occupy me this year. You know, we're just waiting for things to, to, to settle down a little bit this with, with the COVID and all of these uh, right. things that comes with it that makes it difficult for, for productions in general. Right. Um, but that I'm, I'm sort of, yeah, I'm just excited to, to, um, to, to, to direct some more. Uh, I'm excited about acting too. Uh, I'm not sure what's happening there. Uh, again, whatever is going to come is going to come. Right. Uh, I'm just happy to be Marvel. on a movie set, I'm, to be honest. I'm with telling you, right. I'm writing Marvel and be like, look, okay. You got like 30 projects coming out in Marvel in the next eight months, nine months. Let's, just slide them up in there, you know. Let's do this. Let me do a villain, man. I want to play a villain in Marvel. Oh, you would be uh, so good as a villain. I'll do it, but you know, I'm very excited. I'm not sure. I, I, uh, um, I, I have to uh, to be transparent. I'm not a big, big, big comics guy. The, you know, the Sang Chi thing coming up is, is quite exciting because that's a big step for for Asian Americans. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, man, Tony Leung, you know, yeah, I mean, that's a huge uh, uh, thing there too. And um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to see it. Uh, I'm excited about some of the presence of uh, Asian characters in the, in the Star Wars uh, uh, whole universe there. Oh, the Mandalorian, you know, of course you got a couple Asian yeah. characters on that. It was pretty cool. Put you on the Mandalorian too. Anyway, you you should be on like. I'll, I'll act. I'll direct for for the same fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, but, but yeah, no. Thank you. It's very kind of you. I I, I like I said. I'm, I feel good. You know, my agent is. Um, God bless them, man. They're you know, they're so supportive of me all these years. Uh, mm. Not to get off the subject, but my agent he signed me about twelve years ago and. And then two weeks later, I told him, you know what, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm moving to Vietnam. And he's like, what? what? <laughs> so you never get a chance to make any uh, <laughs> of me at all. But during the time that I'm there, you know, he's, he keeps in touch with me and, and he sees every film that I act and direct in there. And he keeps trying to convince me to come back to the States. And now that I'm here and then, you know, we're, you know, getting a little bit of, of, of attraction he's very excited about uh, what's ahead, you know, as a mm. director and as an actor. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Well, I tell you though, because you, because, because I'm getting older or whatever it is, uh, for me, I, I think, I think because I've spent a lot of time in Vietnam, I have a different perspective. Mm. And because I am, you know, I'm a father now, uh, it's really important for me to, to really take care of my family first, you know, I think because my children are so so young, so I have to really think about what I'm going to do because I, I wherever I'm going to be, I want to take the whole family with me. I don't really want to be apart from them. Right. Um. So my my sort of priorities shifted a little bit, and sometimes it's uh, I have to sort of think twice. What I want to take on, 
And I also want to do things that, you know, I can show to my kids and oh, not yeah. that I've ever done anything that I'm ashamed of or embarrassed, but, but it does come to mind. Sure. Sure. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, a lot of actors are going through that, go through that, um, you know, and they're doing like, you know, Disney movies and, and they're, you know, cause they want to, they want to do a slew of movies that they can keep their kids engaged and they can actually see it. You know, it's obviously it'd be cool that they can, they can watch their, their um, parents up on the screen and, you know, and, uh, yeah. My kids can't watch Warrior. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> oh, my girls. they be like, why is that killing him? <laughs> but it's something that I definitely... <laughs> but it's something that I, I would want them to see once they've grown up, because I think as for Asia, for them, you know, the image of Asian Americans or Asians in general in the, and, and that particular history of, of the, the Chinese migration to the U.S. and all those sort of issues that were you touch upon and that's something that i want them to be educated on and, and be familiar with yep um yep well yeah, it's just a it's, man I'm, I'm kind of you know i don't think about it a lot but no, you know when we, when when i sit with you as or if i'm doing an interview we're talking about warrior then it kind of all comes back to me how much i miss everybody on the show because this is such um i don't know who you've got a chance to talk with on from the cast but um, they're just such good people and I, and I really, I really miss them. I try not to, I've been doing this long enough. So whenever I finish a job, I tend to forget about it. Not in a negative way, but it's, right. I just kind of forget about it and, and move on. Right. But this show uh, always kind of, because the people involved uh, are just really uh, such great people. Mm. It's, it, it looks like, um, I mean, the, you know, as I was watching it, um it just um i i couldn't help think about how like it how important it is in 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 the, in the story that it's telling and how it's telling it and, and and a lot of people i think don't understand a lot of that part of the history and um and and the fact that there's you know a majority of Asian actors that are in these roles that obviously is important. I feel like the stories are just as important too, because like, um, you know, as an African-American, when a movie comes out like, um, I don't know, Django, let's just say that the, you, you tend to get, you know, some people get tend to get caught in the, since the, the sensational pieces of the movie versus what the actual story is and how it relates to the history and um, how important it is to watch. Like I was just, that's why, that's why when I watched this, I was like, this is, this is game of Thrones level right here, man. Cause like, it is just, it's like, it blows my mind how like the story that's being told like there's so many stories there's the asian angle there's the irish angle there's the american angle there's the cop angle there's the woman angle i mean it's just like dude like this is crazy like it's it's absolutely insane what they're doing with this 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 series and i'm so happy that it's on hbo max because yeah. they can truly do the story justice versus putting it on a network show a platform which 
this could never be on network TV. I'm glad too because I'm, I'm you know, I, I we're gonna get more eyeballs with, yeah, with HBO Max uh, streaming platform, you know, compared to to the old Cinemax. So I'm, yep, uh, I'm happy to, you know, the prospect of of sharing this experience with with uh, a wider audience uh, as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I am very thankful that you took the time and stopped by and talked with me about this and your your career and your life and what you how you feel about what you've done and the things that you want to do going for it further and i hope that you will do more um and that we can see more and and um, before you go um there was a friend of mine uh, her name is megan celeste i don't know if you remember her but she, I remember she mentions how like everyone who I know who, who has met you and I have uh, three or four people have, oh, Dustin, he's so nice. Every single one. I was just like, like uh, my friend Phil Lamb said he, he met you a few years, like a few years back and he's like, he's so nice. And um, I was like, yeah, so far I'm like, I am super impressed. Um, like, and uh, Megan mentioned she had, I think she was trying to get a, she's from Vietnam as well. And she was trying to get a, a film off the ground called Operation Baby Lift, I think it was called, um, where she was telling. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is another incredible story. Yeah. 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 And I actually was in the beginning help trying to help her with some of the production side of things here and, uh, it's just funny how um, there's we've kind of been running around in the same circles. We haven't crossed each other, and your birthday is two days before mine, so there's that too. So, yes, Virgo, a Virgo fellow, yeah, fellowship yeah, no, I'm not sure fellowship if that's the, the, the fellowship of the virgins. <laughs> well, that was me until I was 25, anyway. Yeah, and then and then uh, you mentioned that you you mentioned you're a friend of uh, of Sung uh, as well, Sung Kang. Yeah, Sung. I haven't, I haven't talked I haven't talked to seen him in, in in quite a few years because I've been in Vietnam, but he's another good guy. Yeah, Sung is. I met him about 13 years ago when he was working on um, a film called Undoing, and um, it was him and Russell Wong and um, Kelly Hu, who who I didn't get to meet at the time, but. Um, uh, a friend, my friend Phil was executive producer of, on the film, I believe, and uh, I helped them when they launched, uh, kicked off their premiere here in New York. So, um, Sung's cool. I, I like Sung. I haven't talked to him maybe like a year or so, um, but we end up like just walking down the street and running into each other here in New York sometimes uh, whenever he's in town. I think he was uh, doing power at the time. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah. look, it, it's uh, like I said, it's it's a, it's a pleasure. Thank you for for having me on, and uh, and it was um, you know just it just great different perspectives um, uh, because sometimes you just sort of like I said I've sort of been out of uh, of the scene here, and um, and then with this show Warrior, you start to reconnect with some people, and then you're meeting some new people, and um, so for me, it's just 
sometimes like when we talk about things and talks about some of the things that I've done in the past too, it just, it all brings back a lot of really cool memories, you know, mm. I, I don't, I don't sort of think about them too much. And, um, but, but it's certainly a, a, a pleasure, Darren. Well, I appreciate it. And I hope to have you on um, the download podcast and we, we can figure out what film you'd like to talk about. And oh yeah. Soundtrack music. Yeah. Music. Yeah. It's so fun. You'll, you'll have a ball. Trust me. You, Chris is a, he's actually watching right now. He keeps sending me texts, texts while, and he's like, you messed this up. You messed that up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So we'll definitely do that when um, you, whenever you have a free moment to do the podcast, I would love to have you. Whatever. Yeah. We'll work out, you know, after this work out, we'll work yeah. out set a date and uh again thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me I, it's you know i'm very honored to have you on the podcast if i can be of help or service or if you need anything feel free to let me know i'm i've got nothing to do i'm locked down i'm covid because you know so just uh, uh we're, yeah yeah we all are we're all in the same boat we're, we're all gonna come out the other side yeah, yeah. Like I said, positive thoughts um, for 2021. But, uh, sure, that's the most. That's the most important, man. Because you know, sometimes your, sometimes your census tells you something, but it doesn't have to be true. You gotta, you gotta, sort of, you gotta create it in here somehow. You know, and I, I we gotta change things around. It all, it all starts with each one of us. Well, but, so uh, but yeah, let's set, let's set up. Um, Let's set up a time about music and soundtrack, and that would be awesome. I will talk to you soon, and uh, thanks so much for being on the on the podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You have a nice evening. Huh? You you too. Enjoy. <laughs>